All right, we're live. Sweet. So, welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we have a lot to cover. Um, let's see if you want to go ahead and get this link out here, Steve, and we'll see what we can get going. Yeah, I know that most people right now are watching Justice League, so I understand. I was watching it a little bit earlier. I watched maybe an hour or so. So I appreciate everyone that is here that is tuning in. Um, but yeah, uh, let's get started. Let me just tweet this link out real quick. Sweet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, the Mighty Ducks now a little bit more than I was. So, you know, I think we're going to start off talking movies a little bit, talking Justice League. Is that a show or a movie? It's a it's a movie, but it dang near should be a show. It's four hours. Jeez. So, but, uh, but what the cool thing about it is though is it's fan made. Like the fans demanded this to be made, and it worked. Like that's so rare in Hollywood, where like there there was absolutely really no um, benefit to doing. Um, the Justice League for the studios, and they were basically talked into by such high demand for fans. So, because I mean, basically, by making it, they're admitting they failed. And that's very rare that they're willing to do that, but they failed. So, um, yeah. So, but, but it seems like everybody's loving it right now. I haven't watched, like I said, I've only watched like an hour or so of it. So, gotcha. So I guess let's start with AEW Dynamite. What did you think? Dude, I mean, I enjoyed the show. I don't have like the whole show like in front of me, but I know definitely want to talk about the main event. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> dude, I liked it. I I actually really enjoyed it. Like there was um I had one of my buddies over who watches AEW here most Wednesdays. And yeah. there were a couple spots that, you know, could have gone a little bit better, but honestly, like they went out there and they did a lot of the stuff that I really didn't I can't say, well, yeah, I guess I can say I didn't really expect them to. Like, I really didn't see them doing, you know, all those thumbtacks and, and all the kind of crazy stuff they wound up doing, all the blood. Like, they really went out there and went hard, and I uh, I definitely respect it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, the thumbtack bumps, too, are brutal. There's something about having human sacrifice in wrestling that just makes you the the fans give you respect you earn respect the fans by taking sick bumps by showing that you're dedicated and i don't know what that is really but like it, it it's almost too like you know like you say your football team right when your quarterback takes a huge shot and he gets up and he takes the next snap and he throws a touchdown you know it's just like when they show that um that that they're willing to put everything on the line for something that you love it makes you gain more respect for them and like it, like you remember like the Hardys and Edge and Christian and the Dudleys and the TLCs and stuff it's like those guys leveled up big time after those matches and i feel like that this is kind of what happened with the women in the AEW um but what concerns me is you're not going to get better than that. Like, that's about as good as they're ever going to do with the roster that they have. 
And so I, I don't, I don't know what the future holds for that. And I don't want to just push matches because women are in them. If they can't go out there and deliver these two women could, so no doubt about it, but I don't know if that can be a consistent thing. Yeah. I don't think we'll get something at that level. Like, consistently i think that's kind of unrealistic but we also to be fair we don't get that from the men like super consistently either you know there's some wrestlers that definitely perform more consistently than others for sure but you know kind of what i was surprised about with this too is you know you look at the AEW women's title history so far and you had riho nyla rose and sheeta riho and sheeta very similar in a lot of ways, right? Both Joshi wrestlers. Um, they've had, I think Sheeta's title run has actually been pretty good, but she seems to have less buzz than Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Like it feels like their champions are being overshadowed by girls who probably should be the champion instead. Um, yeah. And that's something that I'm a little confused about. Like, I feel like Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa was the, was the biggest, most well done feud between the women and AEW and the title wasn't involved. Um, right. now if it's, so, cause like if the title was involved in that, then not only you kill two birds with one stone, you have an incredible women's main event match, like this groundbreaking match for dynamite and, and women's wrestling and people can't even really say, well, they're not really, you know, cause the big criticism is the AW women's championship and, in the division and stuff. And like, you can't really, you can't knock anything if that, you know what I mean? If that's your title yeah. match, you know, you are seeing the best, you know? Right. Well, it's so weird too because man, they sure use Rosa like it's theirs. They like she's she's part of the the team, and man, if I if I'm Tony, I'm talking to Billy Corgan or whatever, and I'm working on a deal to where they can trade her or they can buy out her contract or whatever because they don't have a lot of women's talent. They've put a lot of time into Rosa. Um, imagine if like her contract expires and she goes to the WWE to me, that's just a huge blow because there's not a lot of talent out there in AEW when it comes to the women. And she's clearly been one of the best that they've had. Yeah. Well, I mean, NWA comes back this weekend. So I, I think, I think we'll see more of, cause I've said that a lot since the whole forbidden door open that I think a big part of why AEW would want to be involved outside of the obvious, like more eyes on AEW wrestlers and other companies and stuff and cross promotion. But like, why would AEW want to cross promote with these other companies when they're so much bigger than these, some of these other companies. And I think a big reason is the women, like this is a perfect time right now with all the buzz that Thunder Rosa and um, Sheeta, sorry, Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker just got, you have Sheeta as the champion. Um, you have these women over an impact like Diana Perrazzo and Jordan Grace and Jazz. You have, you know what I mean? Like there, there are women kind of sprinkled all over the place and a lot of really good talent out there. And if we got to see some of that on AEW, that's why I think it would really make a lot of sense for them to even be doing a lot of this to begin with. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I agree. But, but let's be honest, though. Like, Britt's the star, man. Yeah. Like, Britt should be champion. Britt should be the one that's carrying the women's division right now. I don't understand, one, why she lost that match. And, two, why, like, she has not really gotten the title yet or anything. She's been with the company since day one. And she clearly has improved tremendously. I loved when she was, like, 
bleeding and like have this like psycho look on her face because she's such like a I'm your role model stuck up, but also it shows that like she has like a mean girl psycho in her too. And I think that that's important to have extra elements to your character. And I think Britt can pull that off. And, and then like another one too, like where she put Rosa in the lock in the buildup and they poured that water all over her face and, and messed up her paint and stuff. Like that's a, that's the type of stuff that really can like help you develop your character. And I think Britt's really hit a home run with that. And uh, she she needs to be champion, like no doubt about it. Yeah, the the performance. I saw other people on Twitter um, that were saying the same, and I I think this is a good comparison. It's a lot like Randy Orton versus Mick Foley, like where you saw Randy Orton like the clean cut, like you didn't expect him going into that hardcore match against Mick Foley to be covered in thumbtacks and be doing RKOs and a barbed wire baseball bats and stuff, and it was like. Oh, Randy Orton is badass. Like he isn't just like a good looking dude who is athletic. Like he he'll go to the limit too. And and that added a whole other, you know, he leveled up big time with that. So I, I think that's I think, a kind of a good comparison. I think the problem is though is like Orton peaked in 04. Like, like well, during his title reign of the IC title, all the way going up to Benoit at uh SummerSlam, like that's the best he's ever been, and he never got better than that, in my opinion. Like, he, he was uh, much more uh, consistent in great matches and things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, – it, it was it was a good – it was great for the women. They needed that. And I needed – they really needed to deliver, and they did. And I, I think that's great for them. But I just – I don't know what you do going forward. Um, we'll see. Did you, did you see Jordan Grace's interview where she was, like, saying that um, – her number one goal has always been to go to the WWE, but she doesn't know what her future will be and stuff like that. I have not. Um, I mean, I think she'd be a very good fit in the WWE. I think she'd be a, a good fit anywhere because she just yeah. presents something so different and she's, she's unique and she's very talented. Um, and she's very attractive. It's like, she has like this really great combination of like checking literally like every box you would want. Um, so it's, yeah, it's a, uh, I mean, that'd be a big blow for me, I think, because I'd like to see her in AEW because I think she'd be a humongous asset to AEW. But I think there's still plenty of wrestlers out there that, you know, like Ethan Page, for instance, that has said, you know, he was what he got into wrestling because of TNA. So he wasn't like some giant, like it wasn't like a life goal to work for the WWE for him. So, you know, Jordan Grace, though, on the other hand, like maybe, you know, like Kevin, Kevin Steen is a great example. He's a guy that I think will always stay with the WWE, like even though he'd be a perfect fit in AEW because he's always wanted to wrestle for the WWE, you know. So I guess it really just depends on how bad because I think Jordan's going to get offers from everywhere if and when she becomes a free agent, if she isn't already. Yeah. And she said in May, said in May that she's a free agent. So. And I, speaking of that, like I, I post this on Twitter, but I think it's important. Man, I think that wrestling really should really put out contracts, like show when they're expiring, because I think the buzz would be great for everybody. Because then it's like, oh, he's available then, or oh, he's available, and then people just start making fantasy matchups, and like it just gets the buzz going. Like all of a sudden, like you're like uh, just checking the internet and you find out like a month later that so-and-so is going to be a free agent. And you're just like, wow, I didn't know. I had no idea. And uh, I just think that the kind of needs to start to 
show some stuff outside the box to get some buzz going. And personally, like, you know, I haven't made a big deal about ratings because to me, ratings are, are very uh, different in today. But like those two ratings for AEW were not great. And honestly, it feels like they did lose some of the audience based off that pay-per-view that whatever happened, it seemed like that they have lost some momentum. Yeah, I'm really not too worried about it, though, to be honest. Like, especially with NXT moving. I'll be worried if there is... Speaking of NXT, like, 527, I mean, we're talking about, like, they have to move if they are even going to be relevant. Yeah, Um, for the contract stuff, just by the way, um, Fightful.com has, like, a part of their website that keeps up with contracts. It isn't, it isn't the same way as, you know, like the NFL, like, you know, it gets reported right. to everybody, but if people are interested, they do have a lot of really, a lot of um, that information and it's, and it's accurate there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking of contracts, just shout out to Adam Thielen for taking that restructure. So thank you, sir. Um, you know, he's still going to get all the money. It's just going to come a little bit later. Did, did the team move? And yeah, hell yeah. I just want to throw that. Since you brought up contracts and school. Well, you, you know, you got Patrick Peterson and Dalvin Tomlinson. I mean, those are the two guys that I would want. So good for you. Just we're, get, we're, just get cousin some protection and we're there. We're good. We're signing, we're signing scrubs, but it's fine. That's yeah, what we do. I've been very happy the last few days as a Vikings fan. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm very happy right now. So that's good. Thanks. I'm happy for you. Appreciate that, man. So, anyways, um, uh, what were we talking about? How about AEW and the ratings and all that stuff? Well, the oh, rest yeah. of the show was good too, though. Like, I thought like Cody and Penta was solid. Like, yeah. I like the Darby and Sting. I like Brian Cage making like that random face turn. Like, there's there's good stuff going on. I think pretty much throughout the whole show. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a solid show for sure. Uh, MJF's pinnacle announcement. Yes. Um. Man, he laid it in on Jericho. Woo! Dude, he's the man. Uh, I, I love him being the leader of this group. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it, I just... It, it, it's not that I'm not looking forward to it. I just... There, it's just so much going on, and I know that there's only so much TV time. Like, did you watch AEW Dark Elevation? I haven't yet. I just haven't had the time. I saw, like, little clips here and there, but I haven't... I, but they also have... It was like three hours long or something, right? Like these are long shows. Yeah, and I mean, like I watched some of it, but it was very much like AEW Dark. Like we're not talking about something dramatically different. And you know, you're watching it, and like thirty three thousand people are watching it, and it's you know, like there's a lot of people watching Raw right now. I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I just. And I know that we've talked about this and when the pandemic ends and all this stuff. I just I just feel like we're getting to a crossroads where there's just so much stuff going on. So many wrestlers, so much stuff. And it, we really need to meet in the middle here and, and focus on core group of guys. Like, okay, Brian Cage leaves. Like, what happens to Team Taz? Is Team Taz done? You know what I mean? Or do they stick around? Or is, you know, like, and then how many factions are you going to have? You're going to have Team Taz. You're going to have Kenny's group. You're going to have the Pinnacle. You're going to have, um, and I, I know there's more, but I can't think of yeah, them. But, I mean, but there, there were a lot of times, though, like throughout the last, you know, couple decades where I, I know me as a fan, I don't want to speak for you, but like there were a lot of times throughout the years where like I wanted stables. 
like in WWE wasn't giving them to us. Yeah. You know, like, like I, like I think that they, like, I like it. I think it's worked well for New Japan over the years. You get kind of, it kind of, you know, you wind up kind of forgetting over time, kind of who's with who. If you're not, you know, paying, you know, close attention all the time. But right. I, I, I don't, I don't mind it because I think it gives people all, you know, stuff to do. Like in WCW, yeah. when like WCW was really good, you had, you know, good. You had the Four Horsemen and the NWO, and and I mean, some of the stuff wound up eventually getting played out. But like, you know, I. You had the cruiserweights doing their thing. You had kind of a little bit of everything kind of going on. I, so I, I really don't like. I understand. I understand it getting convoluted if like there's too much going on. I guess, but at yeah. the same at the same time, though, you know, if I'm a fan of a Sean Spears, for instance, which I know your thoughts on him, or if I'm a fan of like a Marco Stunt, or even like a Luchasaurus or something, there's going to be times when like. If, or even Jungle Boy, he's probably the best example. Jungle Boy is a great example. He's somebody that you know is going to get a big push. He's a part of a stable right now, and he gets a lot more screen time because even if he isn't wrestling, he's out there with Luchasaurus or he's out there with Marco. So it's like it keeps them always involved in something, which I do like. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get it, but I, but I just I, I feel like we're we're okay. Here's another one that I have. I don't think Lance Archer needs Jake the Snake anymore. He can clearly talk on the mic. He clearly can have his own presence. Who do you think on the roster could use a guy like Jake the Snake? Well, that's a great question. Um, um, let's see. I have to like really look down their roster. You see, here's the thing, and here's the really interesting thing. I think Archer's actually been better on the mic than Jake has. Yeah. Which is like which is surprising. Um it's something that I've actually pointed out to people I've watched the shows with where I'm like, damn, like Jake didn't like we didn't even need him there. So you're totally Especially I, like like yesterday, like Archer cut a good promo and then Jake grabbed the mic and it was kinda like eh. You know, depending on what they wanted to do with it, like they really teased him joining the Dark Order on being the elite for a while. Oh, have they? Yeah, like I don't know how. Like I don't think it's. I think it's been a minute since they have, but like for a while he was like drinking the purple Kool Aid and stuff. It was. It was more so around the time that Brody Lee passed away, and I think they were trying to kind of figure out what they wanted to do with the Dark Order going forward. So, I mean, I could see him being involved with that or something. I mean, I think he's still an asset to the show, but. But because, like, I do like their usage of the legends for the most part with AEW. As long but as it's not in the ring, right? Yeah, for sure. And and I don't I don't really know who would be. Um, I mean him. I mean that'd be pretty wild to see him just flop over to Brian Cage or something. You know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I don't know if that fits. You know, I I just really I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. But I just thought like if if you're not going to release him. Like, where would he go? But I just, I don't think Lance Archer needs him anymore. I think yeah. he's, he's on his own fine. And like you said, he's even doing better. So I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I do think just by the way, I do think Cody's going to join Pinnacle. I, I think that that's going to be like, I don't know how, I don't know how, I don't know how soon, but because I think he's going to turn heel. I really feel a Cody heel turn. He needs to turn heel. I think he definitely needs to turn heel. I just think Pinnacle him and MJF together just doesn't make sense. But that, but how it's the best way to get heat if he aligns with MJF and Sean Spears, his two biggest enemies. He just like fu's all the fans, and he's like, you know what, I sold out. And guess what? The long term play in the story because AEW does great with long term. 
MJF is the reason that Cody can't fight for the title. And if they can work that into a story where he can get a title shot by beating MJF, then, you know, but that's like a long-term story. That wouldn't happen right yeah. away. Yeah. But I would love to see a, a heel Cody with MJF and maybe they boot Sean Spears out of the group and it's the two of them and FTR, which I think would be awesome. Like That would be cool. That would definitely be cool. I'm all for getting rid of Sean Spears. But I, ooh, I don't know. Because honestly, Cody is a heel as a bad mother, and MJF would have kind of a run for his money. Like that's that would take a lot of his uh, heat, I think, if Cody turns heel. So I don't, I don't know. I, don't well, know. I think, I think it would be an interesting play if MJF was the leader of the group. Cody kind of let him be like because he kind of holds that over Cody's head. Like he's the reason Cody can't challenge for the title. And Cody has no, like we're already in a position where Cody has nothing left to do in AEW, like like accomplishments yeah. wise. Outside of, I mean, he can, he can go on a tag title run, but like he's done that so much in his career, I don't think he really wants to go back to that. And he's already done everything he can really with the TNT title. So at some point, there has to be a story in him fighting for the title, and the only way he can get that, I think, is is gonna have to do with MJF. So yeah, yeah I don't, man, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you're that far off. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't know if that's the route he goes. I definitely feel like he's turning heel sooner than later, though. Um, It's just, it's gotten stale. Not him in general, but like, Cody usually doesn't stay babyface for like an extremely long time. And I just think eventually it's going to happen. Uh, Do you feel like, though, that they're going to try to get him off TV? For the pregnancy? Yeah, let him have the pregnancy thing, and then when he comes back, maybe pull something. Uh, yeah, me. I I'd imagine he'll take some time off for that. Um, well, I mean, I would expect him to take. I should well, say, but I, I mean, if the shoulder really is jacked, it's a perfect time for him to get surgery, yeah. spend time with the baby, all that, and then come back. Yeah, I could see that. Um, maybe they tease some sort of dissension between him and Arn or something, kind of like soon, yeah. or you know. Um, cause the nightmare family is kind of starting to implode a little yes. bit. QT Marshall and, and, yes. uh, we'll kind of think we'll see who will, like where some allegiances lie and like, will Lee Johnson be more with like QT cause he trained him or, you know, I think there's some stories that could kind of come out of that too. And maybe Cody gets, maybe because of something that happens in that story, Cody gets taken off TV for a minute. Right. Yeah. I could see that. Um, Interesting. Yeah, there's just a lot of things that are kind of up in the air. And when, and then, like, the Bucks and Kenny, man, like, that, that is the most dysfunctional friendship I've ever seen in wrestling. Like, those guys are always, like, upset with each other and feel like they crossed the line and all this stuff. It's just it's just wild. Um, did you, do you think that they're eventually going to join with Kenny? The Young Bucks? Yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, they've done a really, really good job of like, I mean, the story, I think the story has been really interesting with Kenny and like how he's just becoming more and more of a complete psychopath and in yes, the good brother, you know, and the good brothers are like definitely on his side, right? but like Don Callis is like definitely against the young bucks and the young bucks want to be with Kenny. So it's like, it's, it's intriguing, and I really don't know which route they'll. Go. I mean, the obvious route would be the 
the young bucks are just, they stay baby faces. They eventually beat the good brothers and they figure something out from there. But knowing how AEW's kind of been booking, I, I feel like they probably have something, you know, pretty cool you know, up their sleeves for what they, because there's also this whole potential of, you know, the bullet club from new Japan getting involved. And like, there's just so much stuff that could happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, you had a um, super, you had a super chat, by the way. I don't want to, don't want to yeah, miss. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Cause I don't remember last time they all disappeared yeah. by the time we went back to them. Um, that was rough. Sean Byrne with a super chat earlier. Thank you very much, Sean. Anybody who sends these, I'll make sure to answer your questions or um, read out your comments. It says, do you think we've reached the limit in AEW signing WWE guys? How do you guys think they can find some balance? We talked about that quite a bit. Well, we'll get into it since you send a super chat, though. Um, thanks so much, Sean. I really appreciate it. You always are very supportive of the channel, and I definitely appreciate that. Um, I don't think there is a limit, honestly. It, it, it depends on who's available, and if somebody – decent or big is it like like i said if andrade got his release then no it's not over if cesaro didn't resign then no it's not over like i just think it just depends on who it is and personally i think you have to have that like wcw never had the philosophy of like oh we're too full you know and granted they definitely over push the veterans and all that stuff like the wwe is doing now but there's always room if for the right guy, in my opinion. If you're running a wrestling company, you have to have enough people on the roster to definitely generate, you know, what you want to do. But you've got to have something there that you can fit in if, if, if the right name pops up. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. And it'll be interesting to see at some point the maybe near, maybe distant future – kind of happening the other way people that are like established you know wwe is absolutely paying attention and there are we see and we we see mma it's becoming more and more prevalent in mma um as time goes on with uh fighters just working out their contracts and and testing free agency and this is going to be something i think we see even there's going to be guys even like john moxley i think who who hated their exit from the WWE, love AEW, kill it over there. I'm not gonna I'm not saying he'll jump back over there, but I think he'll at least listen to the offer in a couple of years because WWE is gonna be like, hey, how about we add a couple of zeros to the end of that contract we uh, we offered you last time? And it's that's hard to even if you don't want to work there, that's hard to say no to when enough money is thrown your way. So And it's I, funny too because I think you could present it as in like, you know, you don't have to be in barbed wire matches anymore and cut yourself up. You gotta get to take it easy. And I feel like that would be a turnoff for him. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, so wait a minute, I can't do hardcore matches and you know cut myself up. Like, no. <laughs> okay, well I don't want to sign it. Yes, you can. Okay, well where's it? I'll sign then. You know, like right. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I feel like no matter what, there's gonna be people here. Listen, I mean, listen, like people didn't think Big Show was coming, right? People didn't think Christian Cage would be there. Well, it's gonna be the same thing in WWE too. Like, you're gonna think some AEW people would never go there, and they're gonna go. So, um, I think MJF would not go just because his character is so important to him, and. If you are not going to push MJF to the point to where he's a top guy, then that character means nothing. 
because you can't brag about how you're better than everyone and and lose all the time. Like that just won't work. And he can't be very vocal as a heel if he was in the WWE. He can only do so much. So, um, and then Darby to me, he he loves his video editing and loves his creative control and all that. So I just don't think there's any way he would go over there either. Well, you but, know, he bailed when he was with Evolve because he was so afraid of what they were going to do with him in NXT. He was like, nope, nope, they're going to make me a weirdo. I'm out of here. Like, get me out yeah. of this Evolve contract. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, honestly, like, someone like Jericho, I wouldn't be surprised if he went back. Just because it's like if he had done it all and then he's not necessarily loving some of the stuff that AEW does and they don't pay attention to the fundamentals, that they're too indie for him or whatever, and he wants to end his career in a different way, I could see him going back, uh, especially if they offered him the right amount of money. Um, so it's, you know, but – but I will say, though, like the WWE really needs to, because as you say in MMA, it's the same thing in, in um, that wrestling should do is, man, once you hit a certain age, this thing kind of needs to level off. Like these older fighters that keep losing, they're not getting picked up by Bellator anymore that like they used to. They're just going through a youth movement. And I feel like wrestling kind of needs to do the same thing. And you know, people are like, well, you can be old and do this, but like, that's not wrestling anymore. The The work rate in wrestling and the level in the ring now has evolved so much that necessarily a 55, 60 year old man can't do it. Um, there are exceptions, right? But for the most part, this needs to be more focused on the youth and what they can do. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I saw someone in the chat mention that Mox didn't care about the money before. And I've heard him talk about that in interviews, how he didn't even look at his last offer from the WWE. I totally get all that. But he also has a kid now, a couple years from now, you know, if they were offering him, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, no matter who you are, if somebody says, let's say you're making $3 million or whatever, and you're like, all right, I think I can be all right without making this. But that same person a couple years later is like, you know, I'll give you 20 million to do the same thing. It's like, oh, like you got to at least think about that. Like, yeah. So, you know, money does, you know, it, it does talk to a degree, no matter who you are, I think. And I, I really, Definitely. you know, and I think it was cool as hell that Moxley bailed on the WWE when they were offering him big money. And I love that he's out there doing blood sport, all the stuff he's doing with AEW. I think it's badass. But, um, but yeah, I don't think anyone's, I don't think there's any wrestlers out there. I, I mean, I know the EVP thing is going to, you know, probably sets a couple of the guys apart, but like, it wouldn't surprise me if Cody like listened to an offer from the WWE, if he was out of contract from AEW at some point, like, you know, 10 years from now. I mean, another one that wouldn't surprise me at all is if Kenny left for new Japan again, that'd be wild. I mean, the ones they really need to veer from the ones that AEW needs to protect are MJF and hangman page. Those are like the two main ones. I think that they need to make sure do not, they do not lose. Cause I think yeah. MJF for the same reasons you're saying it could be, you know, kind of who knows, but I think he also could be like the best heel that they've had in like a super long time. And it could just like be the face of the company and Hangman, same thing, except as a baby face. So it's like, yeah. you know, so, and, and they also have the kind of like Darby would be fighting an uphill battle because of his size. MJF can get around that because of his mic skills and, and Hangman's a fairly big guy. So like, you know, so it's one of those things where I think they'd all be, uh, 
someone said Jungle Boy of the WWE at some point, and that's another one they need to. That, that'll that's someone who's going to have interest from other companies when his contract's running up for sure. For sure, especially if they're looking to do a youth movement. You know what I mean? And yeah. I mean, look, at the end of the day, why wouldn't they want to buy talent that has already been established and made? Like, that's huge for them. And then they don't have to focus on building stars because they have shown they really can't do it. So, And by then, who um, knows who's in charge? Like, it may not be Vince in a few years. Like, If it isn't you know? Vince, be very worried then because Triple H can offer you a completely different type of product if it's Triple H, right? Like, right, it exactly. Some corporation, it can be terrible. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Would yeah. Wardlow, Lance Archer, Brian Cage go to WWE? I think Lance Archer is way older than people realize. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's done well, but I would – and I heard even Brian Cage is like 38 – yeah, he's older than you'd think too. Um, but um, Wardlow, I think, could definitely go. Yeah, I think wellness policy might prevent Cage. Don't want to like. <sighs> I know. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. I mean, I here. Here's the thing. I'm just personal opinion. I don't care what anyone's taking. Like professional yeah, wrestling is not a real sport. Like it's a yeah. cosmetic thing. I don't care at all. But yeah. I'm just saying, if the WWE is testing like they say they do, and you see a guy who looks like Brian Cage, you kind of put two and two together and figured that might have been a reason why he didn't work there prior to AEW. Um, yeah. But Lance Archer, and by the way, I think a lot more people are doing this stuff than like, like just because Brian Cage looks like he's on steroids doesn't mean that he is. In I mean, look at Josh Barnett, right? Like the guy yeah, he notoriously used them, and he looks like crap. So for sure, and there's people I think that are just genetically gifted. Like there are yeah. certain people, like that you look at and you're like, they got to be on gas. But then you see the way that they work out, and you see what they look like when they were kids, when there's no way they were taking steroids and stuff. And you're right. like, okay, they're just built different. Like like a Yoel Romero might just be built different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that man is a freak. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I am looking forward to, though, you know, to me, a lot of people think Adam Cole is leaving. Like, they think he will go to AEW. Please. And I'm like, please. dude, if, if that happens, that could not go any better for AEW. Like, that is one of the most perfect signings to get. Because you could do so much with him in Brit. You could do so much with him in the Elite. I thought you were dead. All that stuff. And did him and Kenny ever have a match? Like, they built all this tension over the Bullet Club, and I don't think they ever wrestled. I don't I don't think so. I don't so, I mean, think that they – I don't think they ever had, like, a singles blow-off match. That right, I he's the one that kicked him out of the Bullet Club. Literally, yeah, the whole Marty thing with yes. uh, the well, – yeah. So um, like I just think that would be amazing. They could they could totally talk about all that stuff. Yeah, oh I totally agree. And Adam Cole, um I I I've said it a thousand times. I think Adam Cole's the most valuable overall talent that WWE has on any brand. Like if you're looking at literal like the only thing he doesn't have is the size that the WWE would traditionally yep. want. But everything he makes up for it. His charisma alone makes up for the size thing. So like yep. Yeah, I'd I'd be on him and Kyle both would be I'd be so down for those two guys to come over to AEW. I think that'd be absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, I mean it is wild because when you think about the ages, most of who you see on WWE TV is what like 
like mid to late thirties at like the earliest, like a lot of them, like most yeah. of who you see. Yeah. So, um, and then you look at AEW and they got, I mean, MJF's 24 jungle boys, like probably yeah. about the same age. Darby's a little older, maybe closer to 30, but hasn't been seen on TV for 10 years. Um, yeah. you know, that's part of it too. Some of these guys, that's a little advantage that kind of happened without anybody planning for it. Some of these guys worked on the Indies so long that like the mainstream fans don't know them. So like they're new to yeah. everybody, you know? Yeah. Like someone like a Kenny Omega, he's like a, almost like a mythical type character. Like I've heard about this guy, but I've never seen him. You know what I mean? And so yeah. now you get to see him and I think him as champion is a totally different experience than what we saw the first year of Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's a good thing. Um, I saw this interview with Shayna Baszler with uh, Renee, and uh, she talked about like what Vince is like, and she said that like he told her that like we only want to focus on wrestling for like NXT takeovers and pay per views, and your weekly shows is about building your character but not actually going out there and having like these great matches. And she was so confused because she didn't know how she was supposed to work and how she was supposed to wrestle. And like he, she, she actually had a match with Maddie back when during the pandemic times and they had like this wrestling match and he hated it. And he told them to go back out there and redo it again and Natty's like, it's okay, I'll, I'll walk you through it. I know what he wants. And then he, she did that, and then he liked it. And then she said that now, like, she's starting to figure out how to wrestle on TV the way that Vince likes. And I'm like, is that really what we're doing here? We're telling wrestlers to not go out and have great matches at all during weekly performances and she's like, you know, I was worried the fans would be bored. And Randy Orton told her, like, who gives a crap what the fans want? This is about getting, doing your job and getting your character over and not worrying about that stuff. But, and when the time comes, you can go out there and deliver. I'm like, what? That sounds terrible. That's a but, horrible philosophy. But, but you know that's how it's been for a long time. I mean, 100%, I, you, but yeah. like, just to hear that is crazy yeah. to me. And then you have Dynamite, where Britt Baker is taking a power bomb on thumbtacks and covered in blood. And that's going to be the difference, man. That is going to be the overall difference when this is all sudden, said and done. Like, you can't go out there and not – what is the point of having wrestling matches? Why can't she just focus on promos and do backstage segments if you're trying to get her character over? Like, why have her go out there and wrestle matches trying not to have good matches? That makes no sense. Oh, no, I dude, it's like the Keith Lee thing from a few months ago when all those reports came out that – they send him back to the performance center to like retrain him how to work, how Vince wants him to work in the ring. So like they send him there to like train with Drew Gulak, who like, I mean, who's a great wrestler, but like, it's not like he's lighting the world on fire on WWE television. So it's like, you want Keith Lee to go get advice from Drew Gulak, who's like in the mob chasing the 24 seven title when he's on TV. So it's like, what, 
Are you well, are you trying only, to make it worse? Is what, is and not question. only that, like you have, like if you're trying to teach Keith Lee how to wrestle an entertainment based style wrestling match, why on God's green earth are you sending him to Drew Gulak? Like that that guy is evolve ROH style all yeah. day long. Daniel right. Bryan's submission, you know, like that's, that's not right. what. Yeah, that's not what Vince wants. Like, what what are we doing? Yeah, no, I know. It's it it just doesn't make sense. Um, and that's the thing too. It's like what got Keith Lee over is why they wanted him on Raw, and then they saw him and they were like, "Oh yeah," or I shouldn't say they. Vince probably singularly was like, "Oh yeah, this guy a uh, little too athletic for my liking. We need to make sure he's slower and." They might as well just hire Kevin Nash. If you want a lesson in like just walking around the ring slow as a big man, hire Kevin yeah. Nash. You know that, yeah. that that was his whole his whole career. Throw no, like throw three punches, no bumps. Perfect. A big boot, a big boot, and a sidewalk That's slam. Baby. Can you get that? Oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Scott Hall, I'll tell you, get that Chizak. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, what are we doing? Like that made I, I was baffled by that. I was like. Excuse me? Yeah. And, and what has everyone said since Shayna has gone up to the main roster? She's nothing now. She's she's not like she, her matches suck. She's boring. Like, and she's being told to do that. <laughs> I believe it. Like, I, I totally believe it. What? No, Can but you no, imagine but... going those takeovers, literally killing yourself in the ring. Fans are popping like crazy. It's buzzing. You're like getting five stars from Dave. You're you're having everybody send you praises. You get there and Vince is like, all right, enough of that wrestling crap. Like, what? Well, not only that, like, think about the whole MMA career she had before getting into pro wrestling. Like, everything she had to accomplish, like, to get to the moment of getting onto Raw after, after two careers, basically. And and then to be told that like we don't want to see you out there rolling around and doing jujitsu and using all the skills that you, you know, all the re- the whole reason why you're here to begin with we don't want that anymore. I mean it doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. So it'd be like telling Kurt Angle you're an Olympic <laughs> medalist wrestler. Stop wrestling. Yeah, we're gonna need you to walk around the ring more and like just not be actually wrestling people. Although Kurt Angle was fantastic at everything. There's no reason why that guy was as good as what he was. But, I mean, just unbelievable. But I just – what? Yeah. No, and, then, and then, like, I listened to the the Talk is Jericho with the Big Show. I haven't heard that yet, but I'm going to listen to it. I think he's just talking about how, like, Vince is, like, this big prankster and, like, he kept popping his air mattress – and they would have like these spend the nights when they were in Iraq, and like he would like wake him up at three o'clock in the morning, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, like <laughs> I, it, it's just uh, it, it's just crazy to me, you know. And he's like, oh, I haven't talked to him in a long time, and it's kind of just was like. You know, and, and and they told him, he said, like, flat out five years ago, they told him you were never going to main event a show again. You were never going to be on a pay-per-view in a big match again. Like, it's over. And so, like, that's one of the main reasons he was leaving is, like, he feels like he can still contribute in some ways. 
and they just were like, yeah, you're, you're not, you're not going to do it here. And they just have like this like exit program, I guess, basically for legends. Like, and you know, he said even that like Vince would stop calling him show and call him Paul. Like he knew the writing was on the wall that like they never, they didn't look at him like that anymore. Dude, if you're a, if you're a veteran in the WWE, that's like hall of fame level legend, all you need to do is look at Kurt Angle's exit from the WWE to be like, so you know, because like how, like you know what I mean. That that's that was a really big one for me. You can look at like the Sting thing, but that was different. You can look at other people, but for me, Kurt Angle was like, this was a guy who was the best, like legitimately the best wrestler in the world, and that was his yeah. that was his pro, pro wrestling career, and he was always known for the great matches and all this stuff, and the best you could come up with for this. One of the best to ever do it was him losing to a dude who is never going to be on on that level, no matter how no. hard they try. With all these other options that made so much more sense, that would have been totally satisfying for the fans and for him. But that's how Vince Vince it's it's like a it's a toy he doesn't want to play with anymore. Same kind of thing with Big Show. It's like you know you can't think of anything like you like you don't want him to wrestle anymore okay i get that you want to move on you want to find another big man you want to youth movement all that stuff i get that but at least have him go out there and do something memorable on his way out like right you know instead of just being like a background character and you know like the last time we saw him he was just randomly teaming with like kevin owens or something like it was like he was such a non-factor it definitely came across as like almost um revenge like right like vengeful to kurt for picking tna for leaving like yes they put him in the hall of fame but man like they they really diminished him on the way out like when you talk about kurt angle as one of the all-time greats it's almost like you have to kind of pause when you say that just for how bad the way that he left like I know he is, no, and I would never say he's not, but I'm just saying, like, your lasting impression of Kurt Angle is not great. Right. And I think it's a good thing that he's doing this Conrad podcast because it relives things, he talks about it, and, like, he um, he re- he makes you remember how great he was because I think a lot of people forgot, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so sad. Newer fans probably – there's a lot of fans probably watching WWE right now that have no knowledge of his first WWE run, probably no knowledge of his TNA work. Like they may have just seen him the last handful of years. And if I, if that's, if that's all I saw of Kurt Angle, I would have no reason to believe he was this top five, potentially best ever talent, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. insane. And, and they worked that guy to the bone. Like yeah. you would think that after that neck injury and all that stuff, that they'd probably want to put him on a part-time schedule and all that. And they're like, oh, come on back. You know what I mean? Like, it is, and, and well, he's paying for it now. And not even to mention, like, the big story. Like, I, I had erased this out of my memory somehow. <laughs> the big thing for him, the big story, that he was going to be Jason Jordan's dad. Like, that's yeah. what they came up with. That's the yeah. most pathetic, ridiculous story that made no sense for any reason. And like, that's what they, so that that should have, honestly, I shouldn't, the writing on the wall should have been then, like not his WrestleMania match, like I had said, really. Well, the, and not only that, he jobbed a bunch on the way before that. Like he was having these like five minute matches and losing, like it just, like it, he's never really gotten what he deserves in that farewell anything. Like, 
No. Like I said, if you would have thought, hey, Kurt Angle's coming back, what would you have gotten? You're thinking at least he's going to have like a pay-per-view feud with AJ probably from TNA days to relive that. You would think at least he might have one match with Cena. You would think like you're thinking these things. Instead, you got like Kurt Angle in the Shield one night, and then you got him, the father of Jason Jordan. His last match is Baron Corbin. Like literally everything was wrong. Tapping out to his own move. Drew McIntyre made him tap out to an ankle lock. Right. Like everything was wrong. There just was nothing right about any of that. So it it sucks. Um, But yes, ask the WWE. what, What can I say? Yeah, for sure. So since we're talking about the WWE, uh-huh. let's do Fastlane. Let's see what we're looking at here. Might not have a lot to say about this. I'm not going to lie. Oh, you're going to have plenty to say because it's it's terrible. I just the first here. time I'm seeing the card. I've got it pulled up. Did By you the way, see Shane? Did you see Shane McMahon doing hopscotch? No, I, dude, I saw there was like a picture of, I guess he slammed Braun Strowman and so I, I don't even. He literally was doing hopscotch. Like how he does like to the ring with his like. But like, it was like, you know, one, three, four, two, like hopscotch. I don't know if they were competing in some like Nickelodeon games. It looked like it was like Double Dare meets WWE. Like, I don't know what they were doing. But, like, that's the best you can do to set up this? Like, what What are we doing? I have I literally couldn't tell you. Like, if there was a scale of 1 to 10 of how excited I am to see Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon, based on the build and the match itself, it would definitely be in the negatives. Like, there's no – like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not I, – I have no – I have literally no interest in it at all. So, yeah, nothing. Yeah. Dude, this is the first, literally the first time I'm seeing this card. Like, what match do you want oh, to start? Read with? it out. Read it out loud. Let's just. I don't know all the matches, but oh. I just think it should be fun. Okay. Um, reminder, y'all. Super chats. We'll make sure if you want your predictions out there, we'll read them out. If you have any other questions or anything, we'll make sure to prioritize that for y'all. Um, and we will not miss them this week, like uh, like we did last week. So we yeah, still so answered them. We, we did. Them we did. Answered, so. We did. We did get it's them okay. answered. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I felt really bad about that. I literally. It was one of those moments where, like, you. Literally, I literally saw them all. And then you're like, "Yeah, let's go back to the questions." Perfect. Pull them back up. Nothing there. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, do you want me to just read off the full card, or do you want me to go match yeah, by did, match? Just let's go match by match and see what see what we're looking for on Sunday here. All right, start off with some hot fire here. We got a tag team match uh, for the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles: Nia Jax Ooh. and Shayna Baszler with Reginald, oh. who I thought was with. What is I thought, Reginald? I thought Reginald was like the wine dude for Carmella. Anyways, um, okay. they're, they're wrestling Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair, who are wrestling each other for the title at WrestleMania. Yeah, Which because, means they're going to lose. They're, Sasha and Bianca are going to lose probably because of some type of tension, which is only going to like sell their match for Mania. That one's pretty obvious where they're going. Or, or will it be a Shawn Michaels-John Cena build where <laughs> they're the tag titles, but they're like the frenemies. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going with my first prediction on that. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Nia Jackson Shailen Baszler also, pretty much for yes. the same reasons. Um there is a super chat from Chris Warden. Chris is a friend of the show. 
Okay. Um, says Baron Corbin being shoved down our throats combined with the garbage finish at Hell in a Cell 2019 was the final straw for me watching weekly WWE in 30 years. And I believe you're talking about the uh, the whole Fiend and Seth Rollins thing from 2019's Hell in a Cell, probably. Um, yeah, what do you think about that, Doug? Uh, sounds like Chris was pretty much uh, the last straw for him was Baron Corbin's push and the finish of Hell in a Cell 2019. I think the problem, too, with Baron Corbin was is he was hated in NXT. And so, like, when he came to the WWE, it was just like, ugh. Like, we don't want you here. And then it was like he's getting pushed on top of it. And I I just – I don't see the appeal in the guy whatsoever. He's kind of got, like, Miz heat to me to where, like, you just don't even think he belongs like and he's but yet he still gets his spot and Miz it took like I don't know how many years to really earn respect and even then still people are like oh my god Miz no you know what I mean and I feel like Corbin's gonna be that no matter what he's got they used to call it X Pac heat he's got Miz heat like that's what he is um and you know it's a lot of it too is that there's just only so much a fan can take. And there is a final straw. I mean, we know that they literally are telling guys not to have good matches during weekly shows. So why would I watch Raw? Why would I watch SmackDown? What is the benefit in that? Like, that's just crazy to me. Dude, it is saving me so much time though. Like I'm only really watching yes. the paper. I'm really only watching the pay-per-views. And I'm I and because of that, I pretty much enjoy the WWE product when I watch it because the matches on pay-per-view have been pretty good when I've tuned in. Um yeah. the stories are fully explained right before the matches with all the video footage and, and everything. And if I was watching weekly, which you know, but this is the great thing, Doug. I don't have to anymore because I just I get so much wrestling throughout the week with all these other companies at this point. Then all I have to do is watch the WWE pay-per-views to, to stay up to date yeah. with their product. So, but um, but yeah, Baron Corbin, I have the same thoughts as you on that, and I think he's. I could echo the same thing about Elias. Everything you said about him, that same yeah. thing for Elias. You know, there have been those yeah. guys from NXT that didn't get over on NXT, and then they tried to push them on the main rosters. And I think there's a, a total ceiling for guys like that. Well, and to me, like Elias, like. I think they used him completely wrong. Like I get the the walk with Elias and singing and stuff, and that part got over. But then, like, I feel like he should have always been like a crazy psycho. He looks a lot like Macho Man. He looks like Randy Savage. I think he needed to be like a guy that was like a drifter, but had a really bad like. If you if you piss him off, he'll take it too far, and he'll he'll it, the switch will get flipped. You know. But he's just been so like, bleh. and but it's like, man, it's not these guys' fault. Like this company is bad. They're bad <laughs> at building stars. They're bad in in structure. They're they're terrible with their writing. Like there's just so much wrong with this company, and they're complacent. And Big Show. You know, like, he talked about him and Jericho and WCW, and, like, they knew when it was time to to leave, and it was getting really bad. And he didn't want to say anything too bad about the WWE, but at the very end, he's like, let's face it, Chris, we both know when it's time to leave a sinking ship. 
And he's hinting that the WWE is the same way it was in WCW, that it is a sinking ship, and that these the, the way that they run their shows is not good. And it's not going to work in the long term, especially if AEW, like, to me, if AEW became, like, a more serious roster focused on having the absolute best and became more serious and not so indie-rific, they could really give WWE a run for their money. Like, really give them a run for their money. So, um, we'll see what happens. But, man, just such a terrible company right now. But anyways, go ahead. Let's keep... Yeah. Let's keep uh, Hearing this yeah. amazing card we got on Sunday. <laughs> uh, Brandon Instant Classic also with a comment that said they did the same champion versus, champ- champion versus challenger teaming together crutch on NXT last night, which was uh, Lorcan and Birch taking on um, Karrion Cross and Finn Balor. So Finn Balor and Karrion Cross lost the match because Karrion turned on Finn. I saw the highlights right. of that. That they're going to do the same thing that with Bianca and Sasha, I'm telling you. Like, it's going to be the same thing. Yeah, so same sounds like the same kind of story there. Um, so next match we have. Oh my god, this is on the show. So we have. Yeah. <laughs> we have. This can't be right. I'm looking at yeah, Wikipedia. No, it's right. It's right. I guess what. Alexa Bliss versus Randy Orton in that a is correct. match. That is correct. That is but correct. no. So this That's is like a cinematic correct. match. I don't know about that. I just know that they're having a match. I saw it. I saw the graphic and everything. That is definitely happening. I don't know if we can. Review, I don't know if we can predict this whole show. This is so stupid. Uh, like this is. I mean, be their Darby and Sting, right? Like this is their Darby and okay. Sting type match. This is that's pathetic. Um. So so this is a. Uh, I was so ready to this for is, so bad. <laughs> So hold on. So so this is clearly like the fiend comes back, right? That's the whole you, story. You think? Okay. Which is I don't lead want to a fiend Randy Orton WrestleMania match. I haven't had him and haven't had them in the ring together at Mania before, and it never, never. I think they even Jeez. had a WrestleMania match. Maybe? They did. I was there in Orlando with the okay, fake bugs on the projector. Yeah. And so it was so good that they have to run it back. Yeah. Yeah, my pick is uh Alexa Bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Alexa Bliss wins because of Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um get excited, yeah. people. Like Rand- Randy Orton passed on an AEW contract. I know. Okay, I know. so now after that we have okay, the rest of these matches actually are probably gonna be pretty good. Well, it's so. like I don't want to hear anything about Jim from Jim Cornette when th- this is going on on the other side too. Like th- Shane McMahon is playing hopscotch on Raw and Randy Orton is facing Alexa Bliss. You know what I mean? Like, calm down there. The grass yeah. isn't really greener on the other side either. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, the other matches on here actually look pretty good. I don't know most of the storyline in these, but I can. I think in ring these should be all right. So we have Big E versus Apollo Cruz for the Intercontinental Title. Um, I like I, it. Yeah, I haven't seen either guy in a while because I haven't watched SmackDown in so long. So Apollo ha- Apollo sounds like an African now. Like well, he's he like Nigerian. A, yeah, like he has like a Nigerian accent. Right, I saw that he was playing a kind of like a Nigerian prince type thing. He had like yes. some people in the ring with him. 
Um, and I like, and it, he's he's been talented since the Uha Nation indie right. days, you know. Like, I mean, right. so this is probably the best thing they've ever done with him. And then Big E, um, you know, he's been over for a long time. People wanted a singles run out of him, so um, I think this will be yeah. pretty good. What, what do you think, and who do you think wins? I don't know because Big E has definitely been kind of on that push side too. To me, this is the classic case of two guys that are on the cusp of getting over and they feud to get both themselves over. So I just hope in the end, they both have a good match and it works for both guys and they both continue to advance. Um, I honestly feel like too, they keep hitting at Roman and big E and I feel like that could be the main event next year at WrestleMania. I feel like that that's kind of the, the build that they're trying to hint at. Um, instead, because you know, the rock probably isn't happening, but if it doesn't, then I, I feel like Big E's kind of like the backup plan to face Roman. So I just have such a hard time imagining Roman losing anytime soon. I don't see there any point to have Roman lose that belt. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go with Big E on that one. Yeah, I think, I guess for me, it really depends on. Like, I expect Roman to – we'll talk about – like, I, I think Roman Reigns – I'm with you. I don't think Roman Reigns should lose anytime soon. Um, I could see them doing Big E and Roman, you know, sooner than next WrestleMania. And if they do that, him ha- not having the Intercontinental title might be a good thing to kind of, like, free him up to do that. Um, and Apollo might be a good person to put the belt on, but – I, I'm going to play it safe though and go with go with Big E as well. I think that's probably the safer pick, um, and there's no real reason to take the belt off of him. So yeah, um, they just got to figure out what to do with Apollo going forward. Because um, I do I do think he's I I was really surprised that he didn't join the hurt business. I thought that that would have been perfect for him. Right. Um, so this seems to be a good a good option as well. So we both got the same prediction there. Next match we have is uh, Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. I don't know if there's any stakes in this because they've announced Drew versus Lashley for the title in Mania. So I don't know if this is just a grudge match. Um, so I don't know. We, this is a match we've seen. Uh, but, yeah. you know, I will say this. The little bit that I have seen of Raw the last few weeks, Sheamus looks like he's probably doing the best in-ring work he's ever done, which is very, very surprising to me. Um, and Drew... Say what you will about his title run. It, it, the pandemic wasn't his fault. He went out there and busted right. his ass the whole year. So I think yeah, this match will actually be better than 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 what I would think. When I see that on paper, I don't get very excited. But when I think about their recent work, I think it'll be probably a pretty good match. Who do you think wins and why? Yeah, it's nothing I'm dreading or anything. I think Drew's going to win because it, he's got to look strong going into his match at Mania. Um, but it's nothing I'm dreading or anything. It's nothing I'm overly looking forward to, but I don't think it'll be bad. Yeah, I feel the same way. And it has potential to be better than you expect, which always helps a match whenever the expectations aren't high. And those two guys, you know, really good friends from their years prior yeah. to WWE, like they're going to go out there looking to do something special heading into WrestleMania, I think. But I'm with you. I think it makes way more sense to have McIntyre win on his way into, unless they make it a triple threat, I guess, at Mania if Sheamus wins. I, I could see them doing that because – because it's WWE and like, why not? Um, right. All right. So here's the match. This is the only other match that I see here. Last one. This is going to be great. I'm sure we have Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan for the universal title. 
the winner um, of the match, it says the winner of the match between Edge and Jey Uso on SmackDown tomorrow will be the special guest enforcer of the match. Um, so, right, which I've heard that Edge is going to win, and then this could set up a triple threat at Mania. That bit would between Brian Roman and Edge. Yeah, I think that's. Which, I mean, I'm okay with, but like, I don't necessarily think it's necessary. I personally think they should do the the Wrestle Kingdom idea, where like Edge will face Brian, and then the winner will face Roman at WrestleMania night two. I just think that way you can knock out two dream matches with edge and each one has its own intriguing moments. Then combining both of them, I would much rather see that. I think you know what's funny? Idea. The main event for fast lane 2015 is what? Probably this. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, I believe it. Um, hey, yeah, like, man, we are really like just no new ideas, just just rehashing everything. It's just so stale. And there's, thank God, there's going to be a crowd there because, like, otherwise they're going to manufacture their product forever. And it's like nobody is going to really know who's over and who's not or what. Like, it's just going to be, we can do whatever we want, and you're just going to watch. Like, it's just such a WWE type of mindset. I'm really interested to see Edge's reactions with a live crowd. Because I think, I don't know if he's going to be as over as WWE wants him to be, but I will, but I think that, he's done really good work on Twitter. Like I've been following a lot of his tweets lately where he's like responding yeah. to like all these fans and all these kids and stuff. He's been doing a yeah. great job as a baby face in this return. Um, so I'm hoping he gets a good response because to me, edge on TV has fallen a little flat, but I also don't pay super close attention to SmackDown. So like he could be doing great stuff and I'm just missing it. But, but my thing is this, this, this is, I think that it really should have been Edge and someone else at Mania for the title. Like, I think Roman should have been doing his own thing because the the perfect story is Edge winning a, the title ten years after having to give up the world title because of retirement. And so, like, it would be great to see him win the title here for the story, but they should not have Roman Reigns lose the title. So, I feel like they've booked themselves into kind of a weird situation here where. The story is only like worth telling if Edge wins, but Roman Reigns should not lose that belt. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. Edge absolutely should not win. Part of me worries though, just because it's like they like doing this when a guy comes back and makes this run. They like to top it off with him winning a championship. But man, like you put so much time into Roman, and now it's actually working. Like you can't just pull the plug because Edge decides to come back. Totally agree. And just like, just like even with Christian and Kenny Omega, right? Like to me, that's like probably the number one match I want to see with Christian is him and Kenny Omega, but like he better not win. Like I, I do not want to see that. Like it, it just, it, it sends bad vibes. Like I think you can have a great match and all, but like Christian does not need to be champion. He's 47 years old. 
And it's not just about the ages. It's who they're picking over. So, like, if you're going to pick Christian over Kenny Omega, like, no. That is a no-no, you know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I I definitely I, – I, I could pretty much echo the same things I said about Roman Reigns about Kenny Omega. Neither guy should lose for a long time. They should yep. – you know – and um, Bob Dawson in the chat makes a really good point. He says that if Edge, wait, where was the? Uh, if Edge wins, he has to pin Brian so Roman can win it back almost immediately. So like they could. I don't want to see Roman lose the title, but if they do a triple threat, they can. That would that would kind of serve the purpose of Edge winning the title, and then Edge could lose to Roman one on one like the next month or something. I guess that backlash but, or whatever. Yeah, don't like the hot potato with the title. But, Whatever, Whatever they do now. Is. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean I, I I think that would make that would make sense. I don't want to see Roman lose once again, but like that I could see a scenario like that happening. So, yeah. I mean that's fast lane, y'all. So Yeah, it's uh it's uh, gonna be a barn burner. By the way, have you checked out WWE Network on Peacock? Um I well, I used the apps uh, that WWE app today, and it still let me watch matches. Yeah, you're you have till like April fourth, I think, till they shut the network down. I looked Dude, on the Peacock interface. It, it is like there trash. Was, it looked like there was nothing. There was like no real search. There stuff. and there's no like categories. Like it's just literally like. You know, you could have like Royal Rumble and then like WCW 2000 pay per view, and like I didn't see much of Raw, SmackDown. I just looked in there for just a little bit, and I was like, "This is awful." So they've yeah. got a lot of work to do to fix that up. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if it doesn't go smoothly. <laughs> so I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you I think? just got. I just got charged for the network like two days ago. So I'm glad I know that I can at least use it until next month. I was about to be pissed off if like they just charged me over <laughs> 10 bucks and, and it goes out in two days. That would be so WWE though to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, just like, oh, thank you. Take it's care. A, it says there on the fine print that like, if this scenario happened, that like right. a refund. Yeah. Um, yeah. So speaking of streaming networks, did you see the NFL uh, TV deals? No, but are they going to do like a streaming service of their own finally or anything? Well, no. So, but Sunday Ticket is now moving to ESPN Plus. Oh, oh, that's awesome! I didn't know that. Yeah, that's incredible. That's a, yeah, and that's been the big the big maybe barrier. Red Zone, probably Red Zone would be on ESPN Plus, is my guess. So everyone now can get Sunday Ticket, and yeah. I was thinking, how big is that for the UFC? Because oh, yeah. Like, if everyone is going to get ESPN Plus to watch a Sunday ticket, like, now everyone is going to have ESPN Plus for fights. And you can probably even package a deal. Like, even if you have to pay for Sunday ticket, you might be able to, like, buy a UFC pay-per-view and then get Sunday ticket half off or something like that. Like, who knows? But just, I just think that's crazy that that they have both on there. So... That's awesome. I think that's great. Yeah, that that was always the big barrier to entry was having to get direct TV or like one of like it was it was always like hard it was like hard to be a NFL fan if you didn't want to deal with like really crummy like contracts and stuff. And yeah. 
and yeah, this is this, that's awesome. And um, I wonder if because the I have the ESPN Plus app, obviously, and I use it for the UFC currently. Right. I can, but I don't I don't know how many people like I, it would be great if, for instance, like me and my dad could could get the Sunday ticket through ESPN Plus and we could each watch the game. Like if we couldn't be together, we could do a two screen thing so we could both watch the game, but I don't have to both buy a subscription. Like it'll, right. be, it'll be great if they offer something where, you know, they give you at least, you know, two or three screens for the price or something like that. But, I feel like they should always have done where like you could buy a team package. Yes. So, like if you want to buy the Minnesota Vikings package, you can buy the Minnesota Vikings package. If you want to buy, you know, the Cowboys or whatever, like that, I think that would be really cool too. Um, so I don't know, but, but it's like an 11 year deal. So like awesome. it's, it's, it's something that is going to change dramatically and they're working on getting, things with the NFL with legalized gambling and how they're going to promote that and all that stuff. So the NFL is big business. Like, oh, like nothing's changed there. It's like a $10 billion TV deal. So the awesome. salary cap is going to go way up. Yeah. I mean, it's similar to the NBA, right? Like the, all those players got paid big time after their last TV deal. Cause like the owners had to spend the money on them. So the only difference with the NBA is, is you're talking about like 11 players and with football, you're talking like 53 or 55. So the split is definitely different when it comes to the money, but because it's so high on a TV contract, I mean, you're going to start seeing quarterbacks make like 60, 65 million a year. Cousins money. Um, Yeah. Uh, Brandon said that ESPN plus offers concurrent streams when he watches UFC pay-per-views. So hopefully they do the same with the NFL. That's good to know. Cause I've never, um, usually if I, ha- if I order the pay-per-view, I just have people over to watch it. So I haven't tried yeah. using my login elsewhere. So that's great to know. Thank you, Brandon. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's a solid tip. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's huge. I think it's huge for UFC. I think it's huge for, um, the uh the the NFL like I think it's great all the way around PFL PFL maybe I mean I'm just saying I, like I mean they're on ESPN yeah, like I, I mean yeah. I feel you I just don't know how many of those are ESPN plus exclusive how many of those are actual ESPN well pretty much everything at this point that's on the actual ESPN network you can watch live on ESPN plus so it it might help those of who have uh, you know cut the cord that don't want that maybe want to watch like PFL for instance, but they don't want to pay for uh, a cable plan. I think you might be able to spend whatever ESPN plus is and maybe not have to buy cable and watch that stuff. Also another one that's a big one is Thursday night football is going to be exclusive to Amazon. Um, Thursday night football exclusive. That's interesting. I mean, I don't hate it because I have prime. Right. So if you have Prime, you can watch Thursday Night Football. So that's a big one too. Yeah, that is that's nice uh, for anyone who who has Amazon Prime. Right. Um, I, I hope it's, I, it, it, it's almost getting to the point because to me now, like Directv just took a huge hit, right? And it's almost getting to the point where I feel more comfortable with streaming than I do cable. Like yeah. I, I think we're getting to that point to where. Just the availability of everything and like the 
do you, you're just over the DVRing and over all that stuff. Like it's just great that once something's done, it's archived. You can watch it, and it's all in the access of like one at one device. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, it's a game changer. That's why I really think that AEW could eventually go to HBO Max, not like exclusively or anything, but their shows could be archived on HBO Max. Their pay-per-views could be on HBO Max because it, it brings in a different audience and it's a way to kind of have like your own network type thing on HBO. Yeah. I On a side note with the NFL thing, I, I hope that they, I hope, that even though it's going to be like ESPN plus and all that. And I know, so that's for the, but then obviously they'll have all the, all the national televised and stuff that they already do. I hope that they keep doing the Nickelodeon thing. I thought that that was brilliant last season. I that hope was that, a smart idea. I hope they do like way more of that. Cause I caught myself watching more of the games on Nickelodeon than on like traditional because it was just something different. It's this, you're watching the yeah. same game, but like some new graphics and stuff. Like it, it at least like, well, it was especially a little different. when there was, especially when there was no crowds, no nothing like that, that added definitely an extra element, you know? Yeah. Um, get kids in a football. Like that's the best yeah. way to do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how we're going to get kids into wrestling. It sure seems like a dying, dying thing, but Door, I, baby. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's my answer maybe. to everything now. When people like crap all over like <laughs> AEW or, or New Japan or Impact or anything, I'm just like Forbidden Door. They're like, well, yeah, I guess Forbidden Door, like anything could happen. So I'm like, yeah, Forbidden Door. So, right. Well, like we also, you know, Rick Swan and Kenny Omega, that's a, that's a big match. It's going to be great. Um, yeah. So what I think Kenny's going to win. Yeah. I think Kenny's going to be Impact champion um, because obviously Impact doesn't give a damn and they're just giving away everything to get the exposure, I guess. And then to me, that's got to lead to him and Ibushi. Like yeah. it, it, it leads to to him going back to getting the New Japan title, which honestly, like I cannot see New Japan saying that he can win that belt. Also, like I, I just can't see that. No way. Well, no I think way. he's got a he's got a couple more stops to make before this is a long. We're talking. We're still no. You think MLW? I, I really don't think ROH, man. I'm telling you, I, I do. Don't think that that, I, I, I don't think that's happening. I think they're about to put that belt on Jay Lethal again, and and they'll do Jay Lethal and Kenny Omega. I think that there's a chance you see Kenny Omega and Jonathan Gresham for the pure title. Like there's uh, MLW. I think they're about to put the belt on Calvin Tankman. I, I think he's going to beat Fatu for the belt. Could be wrong. Can, but that's can, like, can you can you imagine Cornette if Kenny Omega has like eight of the biggest titles? Like awesome. I think that man will literally have a heart attack live on air. The best thing that can happen for him though, because that's that's like the 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 le- the the more that he dislikes wrestling, the better it is for his podcast. So for sure, for um, sure. But but I mean, you know, um, like Rich Swan, you know, he's carrying the TNA title and the Impact title now, and I think the reason that they're doing that, they unified those belts and recognized the TNA title again recently is because that's two more titles for Kenny to hold. He's going to be looking like Ultimo Dragon, dude. He's going to be just be covered in titles. And then 
It'll be him and Ibushi will be for all the marbles. It's that, that that's what it's gonna be. And I mean, do you remember when Kurt Angle won every belt? Like yes. my God, the internet was so pissed, like furious. Yeah, but he like, was also winning like the tag titles himself. He won stuff. everything. Yeah. He, he won the tag titles. He won everything. He won every title and he was covered in all of them. And like Kenny's about to win like everything. And I, I just don't know how people will handle that. But hey, if Kenny's up to defending all of them and all that, then like more power to him. Well, I what I I what I think they need to do though is they need like the one that's for all the marbles, Kenny and Ibushi, all the belts on the line. You create a legitimate, a real world title. Like whoever wins that championship, it doesn't matter what company you're in. They, we now have a legitimate world champion, similar to how the NWA had Ric Flair traveling territory to territory with the National Wrestling Alliance title. Wow. If they can, if they can keep this. Because then you can maybe kind of re-separate where it's like the forbidden door is kind of closed again after all that happens. The titles, you know, you situate the titles back in their companies, but Kenny's the guy who goes everywhere to defend. And then if like Moose beats him in TNA or whatever, then Moose is that dude who can who uses the forbidden yeah. door. You know, and may, like I think that'd be all, or you have a belt that's like a World Cup like once a year, like an actual World Cup where the champions from every company or in like an eight-man tournament, all the world champions, and you crown the true world champion once a year, or something like that. Like those are the kind of possibilities I think make this like even even better than like people are really like we're literally in the infancy stages of this. Like nothing has even really happened yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, that's wild. I I would love to bring kind of back the territory days and stuff like that. That'd be pretty cool. Um, NWA title. Yeah. I didn't even mention like Kenny's gonna go win that too. He's gonna go beat Nick Aldis. Like, uh, but, but why not? Like, get ev- like have him because because Kenny Omega just showing up in in new in um NWA just one time. Their rating is gonna quadruple. Like they, yeah. he shows up once, you know. So yeah. it's like worth it for all the companies right. to get involved in this. Like, yeah. you know, and with Ring of Honor, what they're doing right now, I think is smart because they're really building the foundation stable. Jonathan Gresham's got the pure title. Jay Lethal looks like he's going to beat Roosh for the for the world title. You have Tracy Williams, and you have all these other great pure wrestlers. So if they get involved in all this, they have like a group within Ring of Honor that makes them credible in this fight also. Because if you had just like one random Ring of Honor guy, like a Shane Taylor that not many people are going to know, no one's going to really care so much. But if you have this stable of champions that can all wrestle, and then they go after like a Kenny Omega or something, that's, I think that's, man... I'm pumped up talking about it. I think it's we're, we're living through like the coolest time right now uh, with uh, with pro wrestling. I think we have the potential. We'll see. Like right now, we're kind of almost at a standstill. Like, yes, it's cool, but like it's not. It's like it's like uh, the car has gas, but it hasn't taken off yet. You know what right. I mean? Like once we can start going everywhere and they can come there and that's when we're just going to get bonkers and full arenas too. Like that's yes. probably a, that's probably a part of like what the slow build here is like when we have full stadiums and arenas and some of these things start happening, like right. there's probably a good reason we haven't seen a lot of the talent that we might expect yet in some of these companies. So you don't want to ruin it with no crowd. Um, like yes. Sean, Sean in the comments uh, asked how you would cool down the Kenny belt chase. Does he lose all the belts? Does he relinquish them? That's a great question that they'd have to figure out. But they got so much time to figure this stuff out. 
I, I got I got faith in it. Well, one thing that I'm happy with right now that's going on in New Japan is Will Ospreay is going to he should make it to the finals of the New Japan Cup. And um I think Shingo's gonna probably win and it's gonna be Shingo and Osprey for the finals in the New Japan Cup. And yes, please, all day long. Yeah. If not, it's gonna be evil and Osprey. It's okay, but man, give me Shingo and Osprey. Because I was somewhat worried about Osprey because of the speak out deal, and I was worried that they were going to kind of not push him as much. But it seems like he's still on the road to uh, the title. Because if he wins this, it's in it's him and Obushi again. So, uh, and he's the heel, and Obushi would be the face. So I, I like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that 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 that's exciting. Too so you know uh, New Japan st- starting to get my attention. Him and Zack Saber Jr. had a really good match I enjoyed. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, this thing this thing can definitely start to get wild soon. Did yeah. you see that Kylie Ray is coming back to Warriors Wrestling? Yeah, I think that was the same company that Tessa was wrestling in. After she wrestled her. That's right. She wrestled her, and there's kind of some, and they haven't announced her opponent and who she's going to wrestle in June yet. Interesting. So maybe they run it back. I don't know. Yeah, I, I did see that though. So, um, you know, I hope whatever's going on with her or has gone on with her is like all good. You know, I have nothing against her personally at all for like, you know, kind of it, it, it's just been very strange right like AEW clearly was going to use her as one of the top women impact wrestling was about to put the championship on her could um, you was, imagine how much better off AEW would be if she was in that company right now like women's wise sure like yeah. if you had Sheeta, kylie ray thunder rosa and Britt baker mixed with some tay conti anna jay chris statlander like that's that's not too bad. Yeah, I agree. And I think Chris Tatlander is a great one to bring up because she hasn't even hit her like prime yet. Um, yeah, Kylie, you know, it's just the, the only, I guess it's just one of those things. Like if, if she's working the indies, like I don't want to say that that's like less of a big deal if these things continue to happen because like it does really suck to be like an indie promoter and like last minute your main event isn't there, you know, and, and it's, it might even be more hurtful because like the indie companies might be real. I mean, you might be dealing with having to refund everybody who bought a $10 ticket because I heard, uh, I heard Davey Richards was pretty rough like that. Like they kept booking him and he kept no showing. Yeah. Cause he had knee injuries and all sorts of stuff. But there's like, you know, there's scenarios too, though, like Marwan where, you know, I can't yeah. ever fault the guy because I've seen his documentary and I'm like, this, yep. this is no joke what this guy's going through. He's amazing at his job, but I also understand people not taking a chance on him sometime because of unreliability. But there's a lot of it, people, there's a lot of people that don't like him either. Like, yeah, I, I've heard like people hate his uh, over the top, like hip hop references and stuff like that, like that. But, like, the problem with that is, though, is if he sees one of those comments, he's done. He thought he did a terrible job. Like, he can't take the criticism. And that's yeah. that's really tough when you're putting yourself out there on TV. 
I, I totally because there's always going to be haters no matter what, right? There's people that hate me all the time, so it is what it is. But like that, you you have to be able to handle that, and I just don't think he can, especially on a weekly basis. I mean, if that guy was Jim Ross, the amount of criticism that Jim Ross gets and just keeps showing up, like I don't think Morrow can do it. No one, but the thing with with someone like Morrow is. It just affects him so much differently than we could ever understand. Like, just yeah. like, you know, just by, so it's one of those things where like, I agree that you, you probably, you need to have thicker skin if you're like a public persona of like, just because there are going to be haters, it's inevitable. But when I see a comment that's negative towards me, I can just, like, I just forget about it immediately. But if yeah. my brain was wired differently to where like it total, I mean, I just, I can't get into his head. And it just from what I've seen once again, in that uh, bipolar rock and roller documentary, like yeah. he's, he's battling like that's no yeah. joke. So, but, but that's also the way he set himself up now, I think is probably the best for him. Like he just only has to show up for like Bellator or a big boxing fight. He isn't like a weekly committed guy. Um, what, and that's, and that's, you know, it just is what it is. But, but the reason that I brought him up, obviously, is the Kylie Ray thing. So because I don't know what goes through her head either. Like, for all I know, she deals with the same type of stuff he does. And, like, she just yeah. doesn't show it to the same degree. And, like, I can't judge anybody because of these things. But I right. also understand a company not wanting to, like, heavily push you because they don't know if you're going to be there or not. I, I understand. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. For sure. But, yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a wild time, and and that's the thing that's great. Like once the indies start going too, because then more guys and more girls can be used and start to get the name up there and buzz and the whole nine. And then, you know, if one of those wrestlers gets a shot on dark, all of a sudden dark means more. And just you know, in general, like it's uh, it it's just it's, man, we're ready, we're ready. We need we need this thing to go. Yeah, Do you know uh. You just brought up Davey. Did you see he's putting out like workout videos and stuff? Yes. Like, yes. And he is doing a meet and greet at some wrestling show, like photo op or autograph or whatever. So I don't know. But I mean, you're not doing backflips and all this other stuff that he's been doing if you don't plan on coming back. And he's getting new tattoos. He had like a whole new chest piece and, uh, he said he's not done yet. And I just, I don't feel like he would do all this if he was just going to be a, some retired doctor. I totally agree. <clears throat> I, and I, I don't know where he lands. I, I highly, I think he goes be. back. I think he goes back to impact. And that's what I think too. But, and, but what, which could be cool. Cause of, once again, forbidden door. So like, there's a lot of opportunities yep. there. Um, but what I don't want to see is him and Eddie again. Like, I, I just... You know, I don't either. But you're probably going to have to revisit it just for story sure. purposes and all that stuff. But, yeah, I don't either. I would love to see him in, like, Rick Swan and, you know, him and Trey and or like, him stuff and, him like and, that. Him and Eddie versus Young Bucks, though. Oh, I mean, definitely. Yeah, sure. yeah. You got to do it. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but, no, I mean... Him and Kenny Omega, man, they had great matches in Ring of Honor. I would love to see them run that back. Um, yeah. I I would love to see Davey back, regardless. I'm a Davey Richards fan, you know. Like, yeah. 
It's funny to me though. I don't know if there's just like some type of disconnect that like I'm not like others, but like I can enjoy a Hulk Hogan match and I can enjoy a Davy Richards Will Ospreay Young Bucks match. Like it doesn't have to be where I have to see like guys know how to work and I only like this style or I only like this style. I like all different types and I'm a fan of all different types. It it's just crazy to me how people now are just all like you're either Camp Cornette or you're Indy Riffic. And like it's it's not that way to me. Like I, I enjoy it all. And I think it's I think it's crazy that like people are acting like that you have to pick sides and all like because that's the stupid thing with Cornette, is it's like you can say what Whatever you want about Kenny Omega, and you can say whatever you want about the Young Bucks, but like at the end of the day, like I enjoy the hell out of their matches, and I think they're all great. So like I don't care that they don't throw close punches and they only throw elbows, or Kenny uses jazz fingers, or the Bucks um, do too many high spots, or you catch the Bucks slapping their legs for super kicks, like. I don't give a crap. I really don't. So I, I I don't understand. And like The Rock, to me, one of the first people I ever noticed slap their leg was The Rock. The Rock punches. used to slap his leg on all of his punches. And it, I don't care. Like it was clear as day and I did not care. I just think it's over the top nitpicking at a new generation. Um and, I, and, I, and you know what pisses me off, too, is they act like that this new generation, they're too small, right? They're not believable. But we're also in an era where all the fighters that are smaller draws, Connor, Khabib, Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, like because they put on the most exciting fights and and – so it doesn't matter about size anymore like it did. So it doesn't matter that their matches are more athletic now because that's what draws now. Like, that's what they don't understand. And so yeah. this whole, like, it, well, do they look like they could really kick your ass? I don't care. Because at the end of the day, like, there's guys that could kick my ass that are just going to – do your basic wrestling moves. And that doesn't mean anything to me. That's boring to watch. I want to see guys do flips and 360s and Phoenix type stuff because those guys can't do it. And I sure as hell can't do it. So I want to see things that I know the average human cannot do in that ring. That's the difference. And I will pay money to see that. Yeah, like people for sure. are like, Osprey doesn't draw money. I sure as hell would give him money. Right. Like, if you tell me and Bill, hey, you know, the Bucks and Kenny are going to headline a pay-per-view and it's going to be within three hours driving distance, we're going. We're going. They draw money to me. Like, and this idea of drawing money now is like uh, – we're not part of pop culture anymore. Wrestling is not part of pop culture. It is for a niche audience and you have to please that audience. And, and that's what it is. Like people cannot let go of the past for nothing. And it just frustrates the piss out of me. 
and it gives guys like Cornette this huge uh, fan base and living because all it is is a bunch of fanboys that grew up in an era that they love so much that they can't let go. Like, that's really what it is. And so this guy is the living embodiment that represents their childhood that they, that they feel like he's fighting for. He's fighting for their childhood, and that's like their hero. And they can't understand that it's all over. And not only that, like with Cornette, like the damn stuff that he does book isn't very good. Cornette running yeah. Ring of Honor was not good. It wasn't. And like he didn't like Kevin Steen and he didn't like the Young Bucks and he didn't like El Generico. And El Generico and Steen is one of the best Ring of Honor feuds in Ring of Honor history. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And 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 he wanted Davey and Eddie to wrestle 800 times, which is the, one of the main reasons why you're just saying, like, oh, man, I hope they don't do Davey and Eddie again because of Cornette. Cornette ran that thing into the ground. And yet all of a sudden he's now this wrestling messiah that gets that understands everything. And it's like the guy doesn't even know a, a, a a band name from the 1990s, the 2000s. It, he's that out of date, you know? Yeah. Hey, some guy in the Smashing Pumpkins. What the hell is a Smashing Pumpkin? Like, that hasn't been relevant for a long time, and he still doesn't even know what that is. And I'm gonna, I'm supposed to take this guy's word on everything that he says? Screw that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I I agree with most of what you're saying. I, I I love listening to Jim Cornette because I I don't I don't agree with a lot of what he like. I probably agree with maybe like ten percent of what he says, but I think he's very entertain entertaining in his delivery. But there I mean, is definitely definitely, but, and I'm not saying that he's not wrong on some things, but like there's people that worship that. Man. Oh sure, and I just that's don't. the problem. That's the problem that I have. It's like. Take it with a grain of salt. This guy's about entertainment. And this guy is, he has an opinion. It should be a valid opinion. He is a longtime wrestling fan that has an unbelievable amount of knowledge when it comes to wrestling. But it's not the gospel. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I, I mean, it's just, it's funny because, like, <sighs> I mean, I don't want to compare it to politics at all, and I don't want to go to that route at all. But it's funny because, like, Cornette, for instance, like, he'll say all this stuff that I think is just, like, so wrong. But then he'll also say something about, like, Maki Ito throwing the worst punches in history at that microphone last week, which is, yeah. which needs to be said. Like, someone God, needs to say it. So bad. Um, when she said that she was leaving, I was like, did they send her off because of those punches? <laughs> like, it was, that it was, was so bad. You can't and, do that on TV. And the thing is, like, like Brian Alvarez and those guys, well, they'll address it and make fun of it a little bit. But they're also known as like AEW fanboys, yes. even though like I, I love those guys. Like, but yeah. and, but they do definitely lean towards AEW as 100%, as we do, as we 100%. do. Um, but like Cornette, like n- very few people that are pro AEW are like, like I respected Cornette for like bringing that up because it was like. Someone's got to say, like, we're living in this world right now where we talk about, like, PC culture and, and cancel culture and all that stuff a lot here. And one of the things about that is, you know, I think people 
are afraid to say anything negative about like Bahito, for instance, because she's so well liked and she yeah. she's a women's wrestler and she's a Joshi wrestler and people are behind her and she's a, she's a funny gimmick. Like when she was dancing on the stage and singing on the stage, that was pretty funny. But then when right. she was throwing those punches, that was embarrassing. Yes. Like, like I would never show that to somebody who asked me, if, like, you watch pro wrestling? Like, I would never show that to somebody. Yeah. So, at the same time, at least Cornette's, like, bringing that kind of stuff to light because somebody really – that there needs to be some sort of accountability, but it's that bad. But, right. But, but I do agree with you 100%. Like, there are plenty of wrestlers, mainly throughout the, the 90s for me, that – if I watch their matches now or I watch the attitude era now and stuff, it really isn't as good as I remembered it being, but yeah. it's, a, but it's the larger than life characters. It's hearing the, how the fans reacted to those people. Yeah. Like that's so I, I, I'm like you, I like a mix of, of everything. Like, I think that like, for instance, I'm the same person that is advocating, you know, Marco stunt, for instance, I love Marco. I love seeing him on the show. There's a lot of people that would be like, you're ridiculous. And it's like, okay, but I'm also, but I'll also say, Hey, I love Kenny Omega. I think he's maybe the best in-ring worker in the entire world right now. Yeah. Okay, great. But I'm also the same kind of person that's saying I'd put the WWE championship on Omis because that guy is an outlier. That guy looks like who's going to beat this guy. Like he he doesn't need to be the best wrestler in the world. But he looks the way he looks, and you could probably do some pretty cool storytelling with a guy that looks like that. So, right. so I'm I'm all over the place too with it. Like I I want to see great in ring wrestling, and most of my fandom is is geared towards like the current indie wrestling scene and that kind of stuff, and kind of what AEW is because they're using a lot of that on TV. Right. But at the same time, if the WWE had, I mean, they got Roman Reigns, which I think is great. But if and if they had more larger than life, like if John Cena came back, I'd be pumped about it because he's a larger than life character. He's yeah. he's a he's a actual celebrity superstar. Like, yeah. and he doesn't have to do more than his five moves of doom, and I'm going to be entertained. So, right. so yeah. I'm, but but yeah, I, I think I think people. It's like you're saying, what people need to do more of. I think this this is a lo- across the board with everything is just get different get different perspectives. Even if you think you've heard, maybe you've never listened to Jim Cornette, not you, but you know, there's no, people who have opinions, there's people who have opinions of him that have never heard him because of his Twitter and stuff like that. I just encourage you just to listen to it. You might sit it there and say, this is the dumbest stuff I've ever listened to in my life, but at least like get different perspectives out there because he might say something that you actually agree with. And you're like, you know what? I don't really like this guy, but he's not like the, he's not the antichrist. Like I thought he was, right. you know? And that goes for both sides, you know? That well, I think for- one of the biggest issues in today's society, you know, you talk about cancel culture, is just because you disagree with somebody on one thing doesn't mean you'll disagree with them on everything. Exactly. And so much now, like, we hear one thing someone says that we disagree with, and it's like, oh, like, I don't I don't want to hear them anymore. I don't want to even listen to them. Because I know the people that have made valid points and then somebody will be like, well, I don't believe in climate change. And they'll be like, oh, I don't even want to talk to them. I don't want to hear them. They're an idiot. And it's like, dude, like they're right about this, though. So right. why does it matter? Like you you, you cannot expect everybody to bat 100 here. Like there's exactly. going to be people that are going to be right on certain things and there's going to be people that are wrong on certain things. So to me, 
It's just like I said, I listen to disco and Conan too. And right. like disco's much more on the Jim Cornette train than he is anything else. And Conan's a little bit down the middle, but like they all have valid points sometimes, you know? When you gotta put yourself in their shoes, like like little Jimmy Cornette, like as a little kid going around everywhere, taking pictures of wrestlers, trying to get his autograph yeah. book filled up, like wanted yeah. nothing, got got in with, I've read um, the book that got Brennan Martin wrote about uh, Christine Jarrett, who was Jeff Jarrett's grandmother, uh, Jerry Jarrett's father, or sorry, Jerry Jarrett's mother. And, um, and it's all the half the thing is that I little, little Jimmy Cornette and all this stuff he was doing as a kid, just wanted nothing more in life than to be a part of the business and to be able to like get that backstage and like get the inside tricks and learn how it's done and become this manager. So it's like, I understand him not wanting it to change because that's the best time of his life was, was when it was the way it was, but, yeah. it, but, but I, and I just, and I just see it for what it is, you know, yeah. it's, it's, you know, so I, I just can't believe how much these guys hold on to selling. Like they will live yeah. and die by selling. If you cannot sell, they think you're the worst thing ever. If you can, then they think you're the greatest. And like, it, it's just such, we're, we're, we're so much more evolved past just <laughs> selling a punch. Like we really are. Jim Ross and, with the, with hook in the leg. <laughs> That's I, every pinfall. He didn't, he didn't hook the leg. That's why I didn't get the pin. You can tell the guy hates the show so much. <laughs> you can just tell it. I, I don't understand why he's still there. I really don't. I understand why he's still there. Like he wants a paycheck, but like he hates the show. He really does. You can tell he's just sitting there and you're like, I'm probably going to hook the leg. Like, Oh, thank you for speaking up there, Jim. I appreciate <laughs> it. You know, restaurant quality picture in picture. Yeah, like, oh, God, like, and I don't know if Tony Khan is just marking out that Jim Ross is calling his Fig Fed show, but, like, you know, like, if you were listening to this in a, in a uh, nonpartisan view and just listening to what this guy is putting out there, it's pretty obvious he doesn't like what he's seeing, like. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be their commentator for like a super long time though either. To be fair, I don't he's, either. You know, I don't this, either. This I, was a I big hope not. Yeah, when it was also you know he's a super well liked guy and like everyone felt bad about you know the way he exited WWE and obviously yeah. with his wife passing and stuff. There's probably quite a few people want to throw him a bone and, and give him a, an opportunity like this. And I agree. I don't think he's doing the best job. I think he seems pretty disconnected from the product. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I also see the value in, you know, somebody who hasn't watched wrestling in a long time, hearing that voice and maybe being like, Oh, this is, this is like when I watched raw back in the day, the same dude, but maybe but at the same point you have Tony Schiavone. So to me, it's yeah, like, true. He kind of cancels Jim Ross out because yeah. one, you can tell Tony cares. Tony really cares. He's connecting with the wrestlers. He's so happy to be back in the wrestling business. Like he's so happy to be there. And the difference is just night and day to me. And so I, I, I just think, you know, let Jim Ross have his year. And then, man, come 2022, like, say thank you for your services, sir. Have a good one and, and move on. Talent relations or something again, like something backstage. Yeah, you know? for sure. Like, let him be involved, but the, the calling them. And maybe even when it merits it, when we have a Cody and Dustin type match, he comes out and calls it. But, like. We're that guy need- on dynamite is just oh. 
you know, we're going to need JR and Shivani on the call for Undertaker versus Sting. So, yeah, you can give up on that one. That ain't happening. <laughs> never say never. Hey, uh, so, do you have a card pulled up for UFC on uh, Saturday for Kevin Holland and Derek Brunson, or do you just want to talk about Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland? I don't I've got know it pulled anything up. else. Yeah, yeah, I've got it pulled up. There isn't a ton of like huge stuff on the show. A couple things that yeah. can go over, and then I figure we'll probably get out about two hours. Probably about good. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, if you want to start on uh, the co-man is Gregor Gillespie versus Brad Riddell. I don't know if you want to talk about that or not. But Gillespie I remember Gregor a- got knocked out by Kevin Lee in a very brutal way, and that's really kind of saved Kevin Lee's career because he would have been on a major losing streak if he uh, didn't win that one. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds in that fight. Yeah, I agree. He's still ranked number 15, hasn't fought since that fight. And it was like towards the end of 2019, I think. So um, he had a lot of potential. Like people were talking about Gregor Gillespie being like a threat to Habib if he you know ran through Kevin Lee and the exact opposite happened. So I'm like you, though. I'm, I'm interested in seeing how he rebounds from this. Um, and I'll take him as my prediction. Riddell has won his last like probably six or seven in a row. Uh, based on what I'm seeing on his record here, uh, okay. last last three fights were in the UFC, but hasn't really beaten anybody of a a real note, and it's right. been all this all decisions. So, okay, um, I'm trying to see what else is on here that's like super interesting, like not not super interesting, but names you'd recognize. Uh, Marion Renault's fighting still against Macy Chase on, um. I don't know if you have any interest in that one or not. I mean, Renault has been around for forever and like fought everybody, but she's not like a factor in the title picture or anything. Yeah. Um, Tai Chi Yavasa is fighting. I have no idea who uh, Harry Hunsucker, his opponent is. Doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Oh boy, cool. But uh, is is, uh, Tai is he on the main card? Yeah, and it was a late (laughs) replacement. He was supposed to fight Dante Mays actually, and it was a last minute replacement. It looks like this Harry Hansucker. Um, that that's his actual name, uh, Harry Hunsucker. I'm sorry. Um, okay. But uh, but Chiavasa, he won his last one, right? But he had lost a few before that. Um, yeah, he was like, did he get cut and came back, or he was close to getting cut? Yeah, he was on a so he lost. Uh, granted, to good fighters, he lost to JDS, Blagoy Ivanov, and Sergey Spivak back to back to back, and then he just beat Stefan Struve in October. Was his last one? Uh, knocked him out okay. in the first round. One second left okay. in the first round. Okay. Um. So, uh, so I mean, this looks like something to keep try to keep him back on track, and obviously right. a late late replacement. Um, right. And to be dead honest, dude, outside of that, there's not a whole lot. That you could really sink your teeth into outside of the uh, the main event. I I like the main event a lot though. I'm a big Kevin Holland fan. The guy super impressed me last year. I love how game he is to fight. I love that he talks trash. I think him and Izzy would be money. Like you want to talk about trash talking and all that. Like that's perfect. Um. And Izzy needs a clear contender. I'm not saying necessarily if Kevin Holland wins this fight, he deserves a title shot. But I wouldn't be too surprised if he got a title shot after winning this fight because I think, the what, that's like six in a row. And that's pretty impressive. 
Well, yeah, it's probably more. He won what five times last year alone. Let me pull this. Yeah, up. Um, I think he lost right before it or something. That's like right. That. Brennan Allen choked him out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he'd be on a six fight winning streak. I think it depends on how he beats Brunson to be in that kind of consideration. If he does it the way he beat Jacare, which was like brutal. Right. Um, right. He was, I think, I don't want to say the word here on YouTube, but for Vandoy Silva fans, if you remember the the choke he used to do, he was like doing that to to Jacare on the ground. Like Jacare was on his knees bending backwards and Holland had his hand around his throat, just punching him in the face out cold. Yeah. I mean, that was that was brutal. Um, Hit him with a huge shot from Mount and they and, and finished him. Like it just it was unbelievable. And like he he's just so game right now. You know, like these young fighters when they're getting those paychecks and they're just been trying to break in. Like this is the best time for them because. Once they start tasting those main events and titles, then they want more money, then the contract negotiations and fights stall, then I don't want to fight this guy. He's not worthy. It just it gets off. But right now, this is the beginning stages of when guys are really trying to put themselves over. Now, who did Derek Brunson last fight? Because he looked really impressive in that fight, too. That was... Izzy knocked, knocked him out. But right. then he, he came back and he won... He's won three since then. Yeah, the last one was the big one over Edmund Shabazian, which yes. was like the 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 he hype. He was on de- the hype train, and he derailed him, and he beat the crap out of him. And he beat Ian Heinish and Elias Thordo, like back to so he's on a three fight right. winning streak. Um, but yeah, the Shabazian thing was was huge because yeah, Shabazian looked like if Shabazian beat Brunson, they were gonna fast track him into like the top three or whatever mix right like, the title. So we have we have five uh five fight winning streak and a three fight winning streak going in on Saturday night. So that's 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 good. That's gonna be a good fight. I agree. Um what do you think about same division? So you're gonna we're gonna have Whitaker and Gasolum because um because Costa's out, and Whitaker arguably has already earned a rematch against Adesanya before even yeah. accepting another fight, which I would have been yeah. fine with, by the way, um, after he beat um, Darren Till. But but now we got a situation, too, where Darren Till and Marvin Vittori are going to be the main yeah. event of the ABC show, and Adesanya really wants to fight Till and vice versa. Yeah. Um, do you think that's how it plays out? If Till wins, do you think they do Till and Izzy next for the belt, and then and Whitaker kind of gets lost in the mix, even if he beats Gaslam? Well, one thing Whitaker he turned down a title fight. And oh, I didn't know that. Date, yeah, he he didn't want to do it in a. So he wanted a break. He wanted a holiday break. That's right. And that pissed Dana off. And so, like, and then he's not fighting Costa. So I really think the winner of Till Vittori is going to get the title shot. And then Whitaker will be like the number one contender after that or something. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be that. So, I, I listen, I think if Darren Till wins, he's getting the title shot, like 100%. I agree. And a lot of people don't realize that Adesanya has fought all of these guys before pretty much. Like, he has already beat Whitaker. He beat Vittori before he was the champion. He beat, He hasn't fought Till. Um, he beat Costa already, who's is still in the mix, but out at the moment. Like, so Adesanya is already in a position right now where Darren Till's really the only guy like in the top five he hasn't already beaten. So, 
it's yeah. pretty wild that he's already kind of cleared the division out and he's in a situation of like rematches already. So, right. Yeah. I don't, I, I think that that's going to be the one. And a lot of that's just for marketing reasons too. Both guys can talk. They've wanted to fight each other. Like if he can find a way, if Till, I, I don't know if Till's going to win either. Like I think, oh, me I think Vittori could beat him. Yeah. Vittori's so. looked really damn good. Uh, and then if that's the case, like, really, what has Teal done? Because, um, like, he yeah. beat Cowboy, which that's not all that impressive anymore. And he got uh, knocked out by Masvidal, and he got beat by Tyron Woodley, and he had a uh, – he beat Wonder Boy in a very boring stalemate-type fight um, and he kind of had the same type of deal with Robert Whitaker. And so, like, you know, he really needs to win this fight, in my opinion. Yeah, and Kelvin Gastelum. Like, he, you know, the same, like, he did yeah. the same thing with Kelvin, like, beat him by decision. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really, Darren Till, it, he, it's, it's strange with him because, like, he got such a fast push to the title. Um, and you could tell the UFC really wants to, like, he's marketable. Um, so it's like, and the thing with him and Izzy is, like, really the, the dangling carrot there. Because, like, their, their whole side of the world, that'd just be such a big fight for them. Um, right. So, like, that's that's why I think that, that Till gets kind of the favoritism he does at middleweight is because, I mean, granted, he did, he did, he did beat uh, Gaslam, which does count for something. But I don't think we'd really be talking about him as a title contender right now, unless Izzy wasn't the champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be good fights on Saturday. I can tell you, well, if it's uh, Sunday's a disaster, but whatever, maybe fast lane will surprise us at least with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns. Um, but I feel like that that match is going to be so so much more about telling a story with the special enforcer or whatever they've got with that and, and selling storylines for Mania than really focusing on having great matches. Um, so it's whatever, I guess. Yeah, and the NWA comes back on Sunday too. Their shows at like four PM Eastern or something. It like leads into Fastlane basically. So hot dog. Can't wait. <laughs> is that a pay-per-view too? Is that fight? It is. Yeah. I think it's like 30 bucks or something. I can't mm. remember. I'm going to pass on that, but thank yes. you. Yeah. The main event is Nick Aldis versus uh, Damian Sandow. So uh, yeah. So, so the, the, now the reason they're doing it is because um, Sandow, who's now known as Aaron Stevens, he, um, yeah. you know, he was partners with Josephus, question mark who recently passed away so you can tell this is like a it's like a tribute thing to like like in his memory (coughs) but this is the Rey Mysterio to Eddie Guerrero type thing kind of except I really hope that Aaron Stevens doesn't win the title um you Uh, you don't want Aaron Stevens and Kenny Omega come on I mean I don't really want Nick Aldis and Kenny Omega to be honest but I but I but but I'd rather have Nick Aldis versus Kenny Omega or maybe I mean maybe Cody wins that belt back again from all this. And that's how he gets back into the title picture. Cause he has to defend the NWA title against Kenny or something. I don't know. Right. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. The NWA, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that they're back. I will say that like, you know, 
the pandemic wasn't their fault. They had built some pretty decent momentum with power, you know, their weekly show before the pandemic. And yeah. And and it's right up the street for me too. Like if they're letting fan, well, I'm not going to go this Sunday, but if they're going to be doing tapings and stuff going forward and they're going to let fans in, I'll probably go. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, hold on. Let's see here. It was Tyrus on the car getting sued by the girl on Fox News. I don't even want to get into that. I don't know enough, uh, enough about it. I don't either. Although I know Tyrus is on Fox News every now and then, which to me is the weirdest thing ever. Like how did, how did that happen? Like, Funkasaurus. I uh, yeah. Yeah, somebody better call his mama. Like what was it? The the um Funkadelics? Funkadactyls. Yeah. Funkadactyls. Yeah. Was, okay. They used uh Ernest the Cat Miller's old theme song. They just like re- yep. rehashed it like no one was gonna yep. notice. Yeah, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. I remember I went to a Raw where CM Punk had to wrestle him, and I was just like, this sucks so bad. Like, I'm excited to see Punk, and, like, he has to wrestle him. Like, damn it. And then, but it was okay, because that was when The Rock and Punk were building up everything. So The Rock was there, and uh, it was, like, Cena and Dolph Ziggler in a cage. So it was our right show, but. Yeah, it's better than what you get now for sure. So I mean, that, that, that's a funny thing. Is like if you thought it was bad before, wait till later. It's only going to get worse. And like I, I was saying that in two thousand six, two thousand seven, and in twenty twenty one, it's like my god, it got worse. So yeah, um, yeah, it is what it is. But we hit our two-hour mark, so that's about time for us to exit out of here. Um, appreciate everybody that joined the chat tonight. If you haven't, hit that like button. Um, share this thing out so people can see it, and uh, we'll catch you guys next time. I don't know if um, what, what the future holds with me and Bill, the channel, and all that. A lot of stuff to discuss and figure out. Uh, I don't think it's the last time you see you will see Bill, um, but I don't know how often and all that good stuff. So we'll kind of figure things out and um, go from there. But I appreciate all the support. the The stream with Bill was awesome. Um, it did really well. Like everybody was really happy to see it. So I appreciate all the support there, and I'm glad everybody was able to enjoy it and tune in. And uh, we'll see what happens in the future. Steven, you got anything you want to plug? I do, yes. If you want to watch independent pro wrestling this weekend, get five free days on independentwrestling.tv. You can go to independentwrestling.tv or you can type in iwtv.live. Either way, use my promo code FIGHTTALK. F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. All is one word with no space. That'll get you five free days on independentwrestling.tv. You can watch any live shows they have this weekend. You can watch the back catalog of literally thousands upon thousands of matches and hundreds of different promotions, all great stuff. And once again, it's completely free if you use code Fight Talk, and it helps me out a lot. And you can follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. But that's all I wanted to plug today. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming in, guys. And uh, everybody enjoy Justice League. Go watch it. And uh, we'll, we'll catch you guys next week. Peace.